0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: For Cam Coleman to live up to his potential and expectations, he's got to hit the ground running year one. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Monday. We're joined by Lindsey Crosby, writer at AuburnDaily.com, as well as a million other places. We'll talk about Auburn baseball sweep over the weekend towards the end of the show. But, Lindsay, the amount of excitement, the amount of hype around Auburn's wide receivers that are coming in from the high school ranks, specifically Cam Coleman leading mm-hmm. the charge. Yes, I know Bryce Kane is generating a lot of conversation, as he should. He's deserving of it. And the anticipation is high for Perry Thompson to join his team when summer semester starts. But as far as right now and as far as Auburn taking that step as an offense this spring, Cam Coleman Needs to hit the ground running and be the guy. Cause you and I were talking before we clicked record. Can mm-hmm. Cam Coleman lead Auburn, be Auburn's leading receiving yardage earner of all time when he's, when it's all said and done and when he moves on from Auburn to the NFL? And I think he can. But in order to do that, he has to be pretty prolific to give himself a shot to close the gap later in his. Uh, later in his uh, career at Auburn. And sadly, Lindsay, that number is lower than it should be. Terry <laughs> Beasley holds the all-time receiving uh, career yardage record at Auburn with 2,507 yards. That just seems so low. seems mm-hmm. so low.
0: It, it feels like Calvin Johnson had that year by himself
1: one season. NFL, did. but still He's like probably pretty close. I mean, it, it's just insane. And so if you are to take that, you say, okay, can Cam Coleman break 2,507 yards during his time at Auburn? What does he need to do in his first year? So if you divide that by three, you're at 835.67 yards a season. Mm. Can he do that year one? I, I'm not sold that he can. It's a.
0: It's obviously the big story of the of the offseason, I think, is is what is he going to do. I I do, I also kind of agree with you on this, and I struggle to see where the production's going to come from in this specific offense. Now we have time, obviously, between now and 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 fall to get a better idea of, you know, which quarterback's gonna be the guy who can like can they reliably get him the ball enough to do that? Sure. It just feels like that's probably not going to happen in year one. But also, I, I don't necessarily know if he has to hit that in year one to eventually be the record holder and have 2,508 yards or more by the end of his college career.
1: Yeah, Auburn folks, like we, we don't really have a whole lot to compare this to. I mean, we've brought in really talented, really large outside receivers, but we've never really brought in a guy Like Cam Coleman before. You can say the same about Perry Thompson as well, but just Cam Coleman's the subject of today's show. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know how to describe what we should or should not expect from him. So the closest thing that we've got to kind of look at historical data and historical examples is what Hugh Freeze did at Ole Miss when he was the head coach there. And we'll start with AJ Brown because I think physically Cam Coleman looks a lot like AJ Brown yeah. and I mean that in the Six. most complimentary way possible.
0: He's like 6'3 190. He's not that incredibly massive weight wise guy like a like a Julio Jones or someone like
1: that. Yeah, yeah but he plays so physical. He right, does. which, which is which is exactly what you want, but also has the ability to to make you miss and has top line speed and all of that too. So I mean there's there's a lot to like about that. But you you look at what these guys have done at the freshman their freshman years, and, and we'll talk about Laquan Treadwell. We can talk about DK Metcalf as well. But AJ Brown, he only played for freeze in 2016. He was at Ole Miss, I believe, for 2016, 17, and 18. But his freshman year, he went for 412 yards. After that, is when he took a big step forward. And went for over 1,200, then over 1,300 You know those following two seasons. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm expecting. I think Cam Coleman needs to get more than 400. I think he needs yeah. to be the 5, 6, 700 range, and we'll see what happens. We'll talk about other obstacles and if that's good or bad for Auburn in the next segment, Lindsay. But that's kind of what I'm expecting. I, I think Cam Coleman still has a solid chance to lead Auburn in receiving. The more I look at this, the more I do think Rivaldo Fairweather will lead Auburn in receiving again. We've got plenty of time to make and change our opinions on that. But if Cam Coleman lives in that five or 600 range, I do think he'll be in striking distance to break Auburn's all-time receiving yardage record because I think he'll have that massive jump from his freshman year to his sophomore year and then again for his junior year. And, and kind of giving more credence to that theory,
0: going back and looking at Dante Moncrief at Old Miss and his freshman year, 2011, Hugh Freeze was not there, but 12 and 13, Hugh Freeze was He has 454 yards his freshman year, 31 catches. His sophomore year, when Hugh Freeze comes in, all of that doubles. 66 catches, 979 yards, goes from four touchdowns to 10 touchdowns. And it wasn't necessarily an efficiency thing. He went from 14.6 yards per catch to Mm 14.8. It was just more of a focus on getting him the ball. So, like, like I could absolutely see how he could significantly increase. I mean, A.J. Brown exploded his sophomore year. And it's the question yeah. here is going to be, can he get enough yards in his freshman year where if he takes that year two leap that a lot of guys took, a lot of guys just naturally take, will he then be on pace to have a great junior year and do it before he goes to the league? That's kind of the question here.
1: Yeah, and we saw a similar thing with Laquan Treadwell. Uh, In 2013, his freshman year, 608 yards. In 2014, 632 yards. Obviously, he got hurt in that game against Auburn that season. So, that was not a full season, but had more yards in four less games. And then, 2015, Ole Miss, coming off of an injury, uh, he had over 1,100 yards. Then, ultimately, it was a first-round draft pick by the Vikings, I believe. So Vikings, yeah. uh, So, I mean, we we saw that jump with Laquan Treadwell as well. So... Once again, like I, I just think we need to have proper expectations for Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson. I think we could lump Perry Thompson into this conversation as well as far as, okay, can these guys live around that or five, 600 yards in their first season? Mm-hmm. And if they do that, I think we can expect a 1,000-yard year from either of them the following year. The one thing I
0: do want to point out is Laquan, Laquan Treadwell beat the yards in his sophomore year significantly fewer catches. He got way more efficient with his actual production. He had like eight, point. like eight and change yards per catch in 2013, his freshman year, like 8.4. And he jumped to 13.2 yeah. in his sophomore year, like A.J. Brown was always getting big numbers, 14.2 to 16.7. But Laquan Treadwell took a significant leap in efficiency, how many yards he was getting per play versus his freshman year when it kind of you could think okay he got the numbers because he was kind of being forced the ball right. and then when he would start he was able to naturally get open and run after the catch that's when he put up the he was on track to put up stupid numbers before the injury so I do think that like it makes sense I just I really have questions about how that freshman year is going to go and I think there's questions from other guys in the program uh taking catches there's other questions from how they're going to get the ball. Are we going to be throwing enough to do it? This is a traditionally a run heavy school. Yeah. And so like, I do have some questions on all of those respects about what is, what does he actually get in year one versus what are we shooting for? Which is four to 600.
1: Yeah. And if he gets something shy of that Mark, which is I guess 835 yards, if we want to take the record and divide it by three again, Yeah, if he falls short of that, which I'm thinking he will, is it still okay For Auburn and the offense we discuss in just a moment right here on locked on Auburn. Lindsay, can you imagine looking anywhere else for qualified candidates other than LinkedIn jobs? Would never do that. I could not. Seems, seems like a waste of time. Yeah. Seems like a waste of time. Uh, I don't know why you would do that. I don't think people do successful. People don't do that. They go to LinkedIn jobs to find their qualified candidates. It's fast. It's free. They've got all the tools to help find the professionals for your team. And it's not just another job board. Imagine thinking LinkedIn was just another job board. Would never do that. I would, yeah. Because, yeah, you're smart. That's why. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Lindsay, if Cam Coleman falls short of, let's say, 700 yards okay. through the year in 2024, could you make the argument that it might be a good thing for Auburn? I think the value of spreading things out, I mean, we've already mentioned Perry Thompson. Yep. We mentioned Bryce Kane, the freshman. Uh, you know, Let's throw in Robert Lewis, the, the Georgia State transfer wide receiver that's got more production than anybody else in the room coming in. Like if you told me if you gave me the option just to take, okay, hey, Cam Coleman gets 600 yards, Perry Thompson gets 500 yards, and Bryce Kane gets three or 400 yards, like, would you take it? And I would take that in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat because of everything else around him. Rivaldo Fairweather, the running backs, Robert Lewis, and other returning guys. I think there's, uh, I think there's a lot of upside with the offense if those freshmen can get that sort of production. Oh yeah, I absolutely
0: take that simply because I think the I think Auburn's record for yards in a season is like three thousand two hundred and seventy seven. Shout out Demian Craig, and it's 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 something where if you have that many guys putting up, you know, five, six, four hundred yards, yeah, it feels like you're in, you're on the verge of coming at least in that top ten, which is surprisingly low. Brandon Cox is two thousand five. 2,324 yards is number 10 in history. Like, yeah, it feels like if you're hitting all of those guys at those levels, it's a top 10 passing season in Auburn history. And Mm -hmm. one feels like a little bit of an indictment of past Auburn. uh, Not, you know, not. Not shooting shots here, but I think it the only way in which you can see him come short of those of of that pace while being healthy and say it's a good thing is if everybody else is kind of hitting these targets, right? If you're putting up 2,500 yards of passing offense in 2024, you have to argue. It's a good thing. You have to argue that. Okay. Yeah, it's, he didn't, he's not on pace for the record, but Auburn's on pace to reach a new level of offensive production. They haven't really had in a long time, right?
1: Yeah, and unless there's some major step forward at quarterback, which there has to be, and in fact, if there's not, I think it'll be a different guy back there, but you got to think that the rushing game is still going to be a huge part of this offense. I mean, you had all those guys come back. You've got the same running back room as you did a year ago, and Auburn was the fourth-best rushing team as far as yards per game on the ground. And to me, uh, they had 189, which was two, just two behind Georgia with 191. Then LSU had a, a Heisman winner out there mm-hmm. too. And so they, yeah. they were ahead of you. So not bad, not bad. Uh, yeah, sure. I, can they repeat that? Who knows? But as far as the respect that Auburn garnered via the run game, I think they should have leaned into that more and leaned to that earlier, especially into early downs uh, throughout the entire, uh, the entire season. You've got to think that's going to be a part of it. I know Hugh Freeze wants to air it out. I know Hugh Freeze wants to use the outside of the field, but he may not have the personnel to do that quite yet. Or he may have the personnel. They're just all 18 and they're it's not quite ready, you know, as far as a development standpoint. Like Hank, Hank Brown is older than that. He's 19, right? Sure, Sure, sure. Uh, you know, but the, the guys that he may be throwing to aren't, right? And so I, yeah. that goes back to what we were just talking about with Cam Coleman and, and Perry Thompson. It's like physically, it's just everything that you want. And these these guys, but is it gonna be ready? Is it gonna be ready to cook right, you know, right out of the oven in 2024? And like I, I just I don't know. I don't know if it's going to. So I think Auburn's still gonna have to be a team that runs the football. I mean, mm-hmm. they've addressed the offensive line. I think the offensive line may be better this year than it was a year ago. And I think that was low-key one of the strengths of the team last season. And obviously, the running back room is gonna be elite. Uh, you've got four guys that you really, really trust, three that I think you absolutely can trust in the running game. And to me, that's um that's the strength of this team. And so I know that it's 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 fun to focus on the new things coming in. And I'm a victim of this too. Yeah. But if Auburn's gonna win and overachieve, like they're probably gonna have to run the football. And that that even includes Peyton Thorne with his legs, because he got better, at, you know, as a rushing quarterback over the course of the season.
0: Yeah. And Is there a scenario where Auburn significantly increases how much they throw the ball to the tight ends? I'm sorry, to the running backs in lieu of maybe outside runs and things like that, that artificially inflate those numbers? Possibly. Like, like is that an aspect of the offense that we see kind of added in for 2024 is most of our runs will be inside the tackle and outside the tackle will replace, you know, uh, an outside zone with a, you know, a, a quick pass to a back out of the flat or something. I, I yeah, wonder or a if that slot receiver
1: well. or a Sam Jackson, the fifth that's transferred over, you know, something like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what a modern offense looks like. And that's kind yeah. of what we're so hungry for is, yeah. is, can can Auburn have an offense that looks like it's supposed to in college football post 2020? Like, can yeah. we get to that point? The, the, the personnel and the roster, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like you can see the pieces coming together. It's just, they've got a, executed and I mean so much of that goes through the quarterback and it's like if peyton Thorne's the guy can they make all those things click they won i don't know i don't know i i will say peyton Thorne's 2023
0: i don't know if auburn fans realize this or not peyton Thorne in 2023 uh that was the 24th best passing season in auburn football history 1755 yards
1: and that's that, with him splitting a good chunk of it with, with robbie Bobby, yeah yes. yeah so oh. we take that for what it's worth on the note of that, Hank Brown's bowl
0: game individually was the 67th best passing season of Auburn base of football history. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah. That tells you the, the the lineage of quarterback play that we're dealing with at Auburn University. It's kind of uh, wild. It, it really, just, it's insane. Yeah. Although, imagine what Cam Newton would have done with a second season. His his 2010 2,854 yards. That is 15th. All time for career yardage at Auburn, mm-hmm. and um, that was one season. Like he, he could have easily beat Stan White had he been here for three years.
1: Wild to think about, but anyway, yeah. I mean, I'm K- sure. Yeah, that would kinda... have been that would have been great. But yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at targets to running backs okay. last year as we're kind of doing this on the fly here. Jarquez Hunter had 25 targets. Mm-hmm. Damari had 12. Batty had eight. Cobb had eight. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it, like I, I hope that number goes up. It definitely needs to go up with Jarquez and Damari. Like, I don't think yes. there's any question about that. And it'll probably go up with Jeremiah too. I'm fascinated to see how they use Batty, because they mm-hmm. didn't really seem too alarmed when we went into the portal. So I am kind of curious to see like how that plays out. But whatever. Whatever. So uh yeah, a little speculation as far as receiving production in the books there. All right, we'll talk a little Auburn baseball, solid start to the season for Butch Thompson and the Tigers. That's coming up right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel's America's number one sports book. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning a $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. That can be anything with college basketball or the NBA, whatever it could be. Basketball's got you covered, or FanDuel's got you covered on the basketball front for sure with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot. Fanduel is the official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup—that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Crosby, our guest, the Auburn Tigers start the season off three and zero with Butch Thompson's team sweeping East. Uh, Eastern Kentucky, good mm-hmm. for them. The Colonels. And to me, the big question with this was, okay, what do the new guys look like? And what does the pitching rotation look like? Uh, me personally, very pleased with the offensive production. That is going to be a fun lineup to watch all year. It is. Um, the pitching rotation, we, we we knew this. We expected this going into it, but it seems like that's going to take some time.
0: Yeah, it, there was things to like from all three games. There was also a little bit of, of hesitation as to, okay, is how much of this is early season jitters and how much of this is these guys are maybe going to struggle a little bit more than we expected, right? Uh, Chase also gets the opening day start and gives up a couple homers, including back-to-backs in, you know, in that game. Now, it's a good outing all in all for Chase, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he uh, tried to, what is it here? He goes four and two-thirds, three earned runs, five strikeouts, no walks, which was the big takeaway from me from watching him in 2023 was he doesn't walk a single batter. But it's still 81 pitches to get through four and two-thirds innings. And he has improved as a pitcher. I I wrote this up at Auburn Daily, kind of uh, here's the things that he got better at as far as tweak the slider and uh, it more competitive, better able to land the curveball in the zone. And he just stopped trying to throw a million miles an hour. And I think that was something that really kind of helped was not trying to break a radar gun every time he pitched. But I mean, it's it was five runs in four and two thirds innings, three of those being earned off of homers. Now, uh, Joseph Gonzalez made his return 364 days from his last start and almost that long before his uh, his start before that looked very rusty early, uh, Got runners on first and second in the first two innings, got double plays to get out of it and then really kind of settled in and I think it's a good, not great one-two punch at the top of the rotation. It's, I do have hope after game three, though, because you got, you had Christian Herberholtz going in as the piggyback to transfer Carson Myers, and Carson Myers looked like a dude. Uh, The the radar gun's not going to blow you away. The track man's not going to blow you away. But two hits, one walk, eight strikeouts, no runs in six innings. Unlike 75 pitches, like he, I'll could, take it. he could have, if this was conference play, he could have gone out there for the seventh and maybe even the eighth. Wow. Herbert comes in as the piggyback, three innings, one hit, one walk, six strikeouts, one total run allowed in the entire contest. So they get three, they get three hits and two walks. Whereas Auburn, you know, puts up nine runs. It's It's the offense is going to carry this team while the pitching staff figures out their roles. And that's something that we've seen in these Auburn teams in the past, right? You have a lot of pieces. you got to figure out who fits best in what spot. And when you figure that out, uh, then you're going to go on a run. But what I do like, I want folks to take away this, is if you watch how Auburn used everybody, with Allsup in Game 1, Gonzalez in Game 2, and he told me after the game, he could have gone back out. He was at 69 pitches. He could have gone nice. back out and taken and 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 taken more innings. And then Auburn was not afraid to go use some of their studs in the back end of the of the bullpen to get through that game, knowing that they had two guys in Myers and Herbert Holtz who could take the entire game on Sunday, and they did. Yeah. So you feel good about the top end of your bullpen you feel good about those two starters being able to give you competitive innings and at least get through four or five innings the question is going to be the fill-ins in the middle there if if for some reason those guys come out early for any reason what do you do
1: until you get into that back end? those three or four guys that you know and love right right and as far as I mean you hinted towards the offense and the offense is going to carry this team I think at at times this season but I mean, there's. I mean, this, there's not really a weak part of this lineup. No. Like, I mean, y- you're gonna make pitchers, you know, sweat every single inning that they go out there. There's gonna be somebody that's concerning. But I mean, Ike Irish, uh, Chris Danfield. I mean, all these guys living up, B- Bobby Pierce, McCurry yeah. I mean, there's just, there's just a, it's a force, Lindsay. Can I victory lap real quick? Please. Okay. I have been
0: telling people since I. think, think last March maybe February Chris Stainfield is going to be a problem for opposing teams offensively defensively everything and Chris Stainfield this weekend four for nine he gets Auburn's first home run his four hits equal to cycle because he had a home run on Friday he had a single and a triple on Saturday and a double on Sunday so he's showing the power he stole a base Cooper Weiss stole four by the way but Chris Stainfield steals a base he uh, goes out there and robs folks, you know, on defense. I would not be shocked if at the end of the season, Chris Stanfield's the second most viable offensive player on this team, or non-pitcher on this team, second most viable position player on this team. Because he can impact the 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 game in just about every single facet. And he's one of the he's one of the more reliable, the higher floor guys Auburn has offensively and defensively and on the base paths. And I think as he goes this season, that's going to be how the offense goes, because even when he's if he's just getting a single or walking to get on, that makes everything harder for the opposing pitcher because he is a threat to steal second or third or home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ike Irish's hits combined for a cycle, too, didn't they? I think he he got a triple and a double and a homer. So yes, he was
0: he was five of 13. And so, yes, he also combined for a cycle. Bobby Pierce missed it with only a double. Mason Maynard's got everything but a homer uh, and and so like it was a good offensive weekend for Auburn yeah, a lot of extra Auburn. bases out there which is encouraging in almost every respect the only thing you don't necessarily love is Auburn did strike out 15 times over the three games but even then I feel like and not having the notes in front of me I feel like a lot of those were in game one and once they got used to pitchers that they had they hadn't been facing all fall. They, they really got better in their approaches in games two and three, and it was more, yeah. was less strikeouts, more putting the balls in play. You'd, you'd rather take a ball in play for an out than a strikeout. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: no real concerns there.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: Lindsay, how can people check out everything that you've got going on? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. It's the hub for everything. If it's Auburn Baseball, auburndaily.com. If it's Minor League Baseball, Locked in MW Prospects, the number one daily Minor League Baseball podcast, award winning. Award-winning, thank you. Uh, And if it's major leagues, BravesToday.com will actually be at Spring Training and I think two weeks, two
1: weekends from now, we'll be at Spring Training uh, doing the show live from there while we're checking out the ONA Braves. Yep, that's right. That's right. You can find all my work at AuburnDaily.com. Please like the video. Please subscribe. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.